Hi, Jim. Hey, DL. <laughs> Here we are again. Ooh, I must be a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Too much estrogen. <laughs> Too much estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Intimacy Cadre podcast. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> We're not going to probably talk much about estrogen today, though. But it may be another episode. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yes, probably. I'm sure it'll probably. come Probably. It's a pretty big topic in my life. <laughs> and therefore yours, too. Yes. <laughs> so, what were we going to talk about today? Intimacy. Intimacy. Imagine that. We're going to have an <laughs> intimacy podcast about intimacy. Uh, yeah, I think people need to understand it better. I think I need to understand it better sometimes because it's my definition is always changing. Yeah, and even if we work with a basic definition that we have of deep knowing and deep seeing, it doesn't tell you how to get there. Right. <laughs> right. We need intimacy. That's not helpful. It's not like you can go to the store and buy a, a jug of milk <laughs> called intimacy or a supplement called intimacy. You probably can, actually. I'm sure somebody's selling it. But it doesn't. It doesn't work. doesn't give you intimacy. That's a really good point. It's like we can talk about it all we want, but how do we actually do it? Yeah, and it's an even more challenging thing as I think about it because we're all different from each other. So one pathway into intimacy may not be applicable to how someone else acquires the deep knowing and deep seeing. Right, like someone like you who was like born that way. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't quite born that yeah, way, but much. early age. Yeah. Early age I started practicing, but yeah. not that early. Early. <laughs> 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 and here I am at however old I am being like, okay, what is this intimacy thing again? Well, you say that, but you have had amazing close friendships. Yes. You've true. practiced all kinds of intimacy practices. Yes. yes. Probably pretty naturally with you, some of your friends. Yes. I think that I just did was lacking it in my romantic relationships. I can definitely say I was lacking it often in my romantic <laughs> relationships, too. So, okay. <laughs> so how did we get to where we are? Because it's really hard to talk about everybody else out there and anticipate everybody's issues at having intimacy. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're just better off talking about... How we got here. How did you and I get here? Like, how did we get here or how did we get here together? Why don't we focus on together because we only are trying only to keep a, a short <laughs> Right. Okay. So we don't, it's not like we don't have challenges in our intimacy. Yeah. And I think one of the things that sometimes I have trouble with is knowing when to say something that I think might be taken critically. Like you're criticizing me. I may not even think I'm, I may not even have an intent to criticize, yeah. but I'm I may super be afraid, I might be afraid of saying things that I might, that the other person might take. The other person or me? Are we talking about in general or are we talking about us? I'm, I'm talking about us, but also in general, that that's true of me. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, there's that um again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm vet I'm very sensitive to criticism. 
I'm aware of it. And so, yes, I, I understand how that could be a fear <laughs> because I, my response to it is kind of extreme sometimes or it can be. The other thing I think can be challenging is we have different communication styles, especially when things get emotionally charged. Yeah. You and I. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So is it fair of me to say that I tend to be very intense, want to talk about everything, (laughs) get it all out, and you want to sit back and you need some space to... Digest. To digest all the stuff coming at you, especially when I'm being super intense. Yeah, I can't, I often can't respond. It's, it can be slightly paralyzing. But not always that I'm paralyzed. I just need some time to to digest a process, to think about it. But then when we get through those moments, we are often perhaps more intimate oh, as yeah. a result. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a very specific feeling or thing that happens in me when, especially if there's something that I need to say or share or talk about that perhaps got stuck in my throat for too long and feels bigger than it actually is. And then when it finally does come out and is received and not, not with defensiveness and not with judgment, especially then they're all of the, the walls just fall away. And there's this ability to come so much closer, which I love. I love (laughs) it's magic that it happens like that. It's like, wow. Okay. I said the things we talked about the things and all of a sudden there's this, closeness that is beautiful yes (laughs) (laughs) the i had some other thought and now i forgot what that was that happens sometimes it's just something about our closeness but it wasn't quite what you were saying but i but yes that's beautiful that's how i experience it it literally feels like the melting of ice i remember what is it So sometimes I also don't know what I'm feeling until I process things with you. So interestingly, my intimacy practice of communicating sometimes difficult things with you helps me understand things I didn't realize about myself. It helps me be actually more intimate with myself, Mm. having you to be able to talk to about those things. I know some people process more internally, some process big feelings (laughs) externally like me. Yeah. It's interesting to be in in partnership with you where you process externally and I process internally and to practice more external processing. Yes, and it's also all the more ironic because you're more extroverted and I'm more introverted. (laughs) I know. But when we get one-on-one, you would think the roles were reversed. I know. It's crazy. So learning all these things about each other, I think becoming Mm self-aware of the process Trusting it, trusting each other, trusting the good intentions, trust, trust, trust. Yes. And then where does trust come from? That's a whole other topic. Oh, man. <laughs> That's where we, why we're doing so many of these podcasts. Because <laughs> we have so many topics. And I feel like we can only get a little pieces of them. So I don't think this podcast is going to help people like fully understand how to become intimate. Well, I think that. If people really understood how good it can be, they would come running to it. So, 
So, I, how, but I, <laughs> so how good is it? <laughs> well, it's so, it's hard to even put into words because it's like this feeling place that I've never really experienced before that I am now. And it's to have these experiences of such deep closeness and so much openness and vulnerability and trust and love. Yeah. Yeah, I it just makes things so much better. So yes, we learn about ourselves through our relationship to and with each other. So I'm going to change focus, same topic, but focus on it <laughs> because I'm remembering our conversation before we started recording our conversation. <laughs> and we were talking about how we get there. And we're talking about ourselves, so I'm not going to... We were conjecturing about a lot of other people, but I remember one of the first things you told me is that you didn't have a lot of stories. You didn't have a lot about yourself to share. Yes, when we first met. When we first met. Yeah. And I still haven't heard all your stories because <laughs> there's so many of them, as it turns out. <laughs> and I wonder if you think that the story that you need intimacy to feel free to tell the stories. You didn't realize it because you didn't have the intimacy or the partner who cared about your stories or, and, or so you lived a certain way or what do you think the relationship is between storytelling and developing intimacy? Well, I think for me, part of that is linked to feeling like what, throughout my whole life that what I had to say didn't really matter that much. So even though I might have had lots to say, I kept a lot of it inside because there would be a lot of making fun of or being mean or or whatever when I would share. So then all of those stories that I accumulated throughout my life, I didn't <laughs> I didn't share because I didn't want to feel hurt by the or from the response mm -hmm. so it's a deeply vulnerable thing to really share yeah a story yeah when you have constantly been pummeled by your family or or beyond because of what you're wanting to share from this place of openness and vulnerability and then it's met with like often it was like being made fun of and i didn't really understand that that was the energy of many much of my life until recently so making fun of people is not conducive to intimacy no. with you <laughs> no and now i have such a strong reaction to it when it does happen that i'm like wow that's what i lit that's the soup that i lived in that's what i was steeping in for most of my life yeah i agree i don't i don't like that energy at all yeah mm-hmm because I feel like that is a mechanism people use to deflect from intimacy. Yeah. The power of what's coming at them is too strong. And then they have to make light of it in some way. Mm -hmm. Rather than trusting that that strength actually can be this amazing tonic to whatever is illing their lives. <laughs> yes. So I think there is something to that. I think there's a lot of times people are scared to share. Now I'm conjecturing again. People, <laughs> but I'm going to conjecture. It's my podcast, our podcast. We could do what we do want. Do whatever you want. 
<laughs> that people are scared to share because they're afraid that they're not going to be received. Yeah. And too often that's proven true. Yes. They aren't received. Or judged or they're ridiculed or... Which brings us back to the trust point. Mm-hmm. How did you trust me to be able to hear your stories and that I wouldn't make fun of you? Because mm, you never, you didn't. You never did from day one. I think that just created a different kind of foundation. Mm-hmm. Not that I could pick that out and know that consciously from the beginning, but I felt it. Mm-hmm. And now I see it. Now I can see it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for always hearing me and receiving me. I do my best. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm sure I don't always do it as you well do as a I could. Fabulous job. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. You've heard a lot of my stories, too. Yes. And you've taken them to heart. And you've held me while I was crying. Relating past things. And you've been incredibly warm and gentle to me. Or you've heard some of my stories and just... And just fills in the picture. I love hearing your stories. I love hearing the same stories over and over again sometimes. Because they always have a new wrinkle. There's a new angle on them. There's something, some piece of information I get about you. It's like, it's like we fall, often fall instantly attracted to what the other person presents to us. Maybe with their initial energy or their, or their physicality. But there's so much more to a person than that. There's so much more than that initial impression. And so when you really like something, like I knew I loved Yellowstone the first time I saw it. And yet I still see new aspects of it. And it delights me as much as when I first saw the place. Because it's so spectacular. And that's the way I feel about you. Aww. <laughs> 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 that I could even be in the same... <laughs> the same category as Yellowstone is like... <laughs> <laughs> Especially people who know me know just how much I adore you. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do love that about you, actually. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got to say about that. <laughs> Any other intimacy-related challenges that come up for you? Well, I think the biggest one for me has been something burning inside of me or boiling up inside of me and getting stuck in my throat and not being able to come out for whatever reason and maybe many reasons. Do you think that keeps you from intimacy or is it just a communication problem? What? Well, I, since I feel that communication is a big part of intimacy, so then yes. And I feel because I often it gets stuck in my throat or can get stuck in my throat, then there's a some barrier that's created between the two of us until that piece is cleared. Mm-hmm. So then there's that barrier to closeness or intimacy. So we're talking specifically a kind of communication from your heart to my heart. Yeah. 
something that emotionally matters to you. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about how well do you communicate directions to the... You're actually really good at communicating directions. But we're not talking about how well you communicate how to cook something. Right, yeah. Or how well you communicate the directions to emergence where you're giving your talk on February 11th. <laughs> <laughs> Called the ecstatic pussy. <laughs> you can sign up. <laughs> right to toolbeltforchange at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you. Her name is DL. My name is Jim. Uh, <laughs> no, there's all kinds of ways people probably feel they're not great communicators. Yeah. But you're specifically talking about a kind of communication that speaks to me, that allows me to speak with you. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, it's emotionally charged. Emotionally yeah. charged, yeah. Yeah, yep. In one way or another. Usually it's the wrapped in fear that it's going to land in a certain way or be. And I never have the intention to hurt or anything like that. And, and the fear with some of those things that get stuck is that they're going to land in this place that causes pain to you or harm. And it could. Yeah. That's the thing about intimacy is that it, we are in a sense playing with a kind of fire. The things we say may not go over well. The things we do, we might do everything right, and we may not have intimacy with whoever we would love to have an intimate relationship with. One, they have to want it, but two, it has to fit. It has to Mm -hmm. fit them well. The things that may be your truth may be completely triggering to someone else and vice versa. I'm really thankful that that doesn't happen too often with us. But that's just the reality of it, right? Intimacy isn't... Intimacy is the cure, but not everybody, I don't think, is meant to be intimate in the same way with each other. Right. Or the way they might want. I think one of the things I've always appreciated about you is that though these things can be challenging (laughs) to have some of these conversations where we're both triggered or one of us is triggered we always get to the point of completion or we, we work it out or we work through it. Sometimes it takes a few days where we work through it, but not don't quite get all the way there. And then it resurfaces the next day and we talk about it again. And until we get to the point where it's fully. Yeah. Neither one of us runs from the situation. We feel it because we value what we have so much. Yeah, and I think in the past for me, either the thing, whatever it was, wouldn't ever get talked about, or maybe it partially would be, but never fully to completion. So then there's this barrier that starts to form in between the people or the person. Mm -hmm. And if those things never get fully worked out, whatever they are, they just start to pile on top of each other. And then the, the barriers or walls between you just get bigger and thicker and deeper. And then the intimacy is then harder to reach when, because there's so, so many, there's so much backlog. There's so many layers to get through. Yeah. So many habits that you build up in your relationship. So yeah, many patterns. So, so then that makes it harder each time another thing comes up because there's all these other things that are like, below it that it's piling on top of so 
I'm glad that we've been cognizant of that from the beginning of a relationship so that we don't build up. It makes a huge difference. And I think this is one of the challenges that I hear from people in relationship is that they perhaps at one point in their relationship stopped communicating or stopped communicating fully to clear, move through something. And then it, it, it stays there. Mm. A part of it stays there. And then the next time something comes up, that piles on top of it and it keeps piling. So then they get to this point of like, who is this person I'm in a relationship with? We can't have a conversation fully anymore. And it's not necessarily even due to the thing that's up in that moment. It's this whole pile of things that never got dealt with. And then that the current thing just inflames it even more. So then it feels impossible. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Are you okay leaving this conversation? Yes. Here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do we have to resolve anything? To No, <laughs> okay. no. Wait, where are we going? Nowhere. Okay. But uh, there are just a few announcements that we would like to make people Oh, are we aware. done on the conversation? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Can oh. we leave that conversation there? Oh, yeah. Do you feel complete? I, no, never. Okay. From these conversations. I Did just, we even talk about like what, how, like the hows, like how do we be, how? That might have to be another podcast. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're the Intimacy Cadre. We're a podcast, but we're also a community that we're trying to form here in Bozeman, Montana. You can write to us at intimacycadre at gmail.com. As we mentioned, DL has an event coming up February 11th and March 11th, Saturday, 6.30 to 8 p.m. at Emergence Movement and Wellness. It's called the Ecstatic Pussy, and it's just for women. $25. Reach out to her. You can either email us there or at the twobeltforchange at gmail.com. And we also have other workshops we're working on, and we also have a big weekend workshop called the Intimacy Playground. May 5th through 7th in Boulder Hot Springs. Hot Springs. There are hot springs there in Boulder, Montana. So excited. More details to come. (laughs) So are we done? Fabulous. All right. Bye. Bye.